There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett. I'm Lee. To you from the T Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Your host, John Q. Let's go. Come on. everybody doing out there today it is sunday march 3rd 2024 how's everybody doing out there this fine sunday evening good that's guy i like to hear that of course i'm i'm recording this rather later in the evening it's about 6 40 here in the, down here in flizorda so you probably won't be listening to this until monday and that's fine welcome so, how is everybody doing out there today? I want to get to some business here real quick before we get into the show. Today, I'm going to discuss who the real Nazis are in this country. I have had it up to here with the whole Donald Trump is a Nazi. Okay, and I'll, and I'll explain here in just a little bit. But before we do, we need to... Pay homage to Hitler. No, I'm joking. We need... <laughs> Guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, I need you to do me a favor. Please, make sure that you are, you are number one, subscribed to the show, you're following the show, whatever that button is there, the little plus button there in the corner that says, I like this show, I'm going to follow it. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, guys, please make sure you give us a five-star. If you want to leave a right, um, you know, review there, that would be awesome. And, um, yeah, make sure you share the show. Guys, make sure that those are the things, those couple of things right there that I specified are things that you can do to help me, and it doesn't cost you a penny. You're already listening to the show. Follow. You, uh, if you enjoy the show, which I would assume you do or you wouldn't be listening, uh, share it. Don't be ashamed. It's fine. It's fine. And, um, you know... Make sure that you, uh, if you like, I said, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you just, you know, give me a five star. It doesn't doesn't cost you a penny. Now, with it being this time of year, and there are, everyone's getting their tax returns back, you know, and if you're getting a, you know, a decent amount back, you know, I know things are tough. I get it. I get it. You know, but if you want to help me out, I have really no major sponsors. I, I self promote. I self sponsor. I do have one sponsor over here. Reaper Apparel Company. Um, you can check them out at reaperapparelco.com. Use uh, DTOM, the promo code there, to uh, get you 10% off. But outside of that, all I got is the DTOM store. You can check that out. The links for both of those situations are at the bottom of the podcast app in which you're listening to this on. Now, I know I say this every show, and I know it's like, oh, come on, Don, get on with the shit. We don't give a fuck about your store. I get it because you don't look at the fucking shit. But... <laughs> Guys, you have to understand, this is like me running a, a small business, and I'm just trying to 
keep the lights on, so to speak. So uh, it doesn't cost much. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. You can buy a T-shirt for like twenty-something dollars. It's free shipping. It's not a big deal. So anyway, also you can follow us on social media at Don't Trend on America on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker. Now, the interesting thing, if you guys were following us on, or yeah, I keep on saying us. I know Chris is no longer with us. He has moved on. He's not dead. He moved to Tennessee. <laughs> now, maybe occasionally, once he gets settled in, maybe he'll pop on. You know, we'll do a Skype situation, but, you know, that's down the road. Nonetheless, um, follow the show on social media. Uh, I've been getting into quite the, uh, quite the spats with liberals. Uh, well, I thought of, I've thought of the triple L's. I call them the triple L's, the uh, loser left liberals. And there's this guy, I'm not even going to say his name because it's not important. Now, he continue. I shouldn't say constantly, but occasionally gets on the Facebook there on the Don't Tread on America. And he just has a random thought. And it's always about Trump. And he calls us maggots. M-A-M-A-G-A-T. Maggot. Right? Or whatever. And, um, <laughs> and he calls himself Antifa. Now, this guy clearly looks older than I am. And if he isn't older than me, then God help him because he's had a rough life. But... Uh, I'm just sick of his shit. I'll be quite honest with you. And I haven't gone as far as threaten him because he strikes me as the kind of guy that if I actually said the things that I would like to say to him, uh, he would probably report me to Facebook and all that bullshit. So I just kindly invited him to Florida and tell him to find me. And if he comes to Florida and he wants to message me on the page, that's fine. I'll tell him exactly where I'm at and we can have a conversation. And uh, he chose to tell me that he did not negotiate with, uh, you know, people like me, and I don't recall asking or requesting any kind of negotiation. I just requested a conversation, which means I would like for you to come to me and talk to me to my face. But alas, much like most Antifa-type people, especially that are 60 or 70 years old, he ain't going to do a goddamn thing because look at me. I mean, come on, especially if you're watching on uh don't turn on America on TV on Rumble. And that's another thing you can follow for me. Again. All right. So anyway, on with the show. Guys. Oh, also, let me Twitter. Uh, Twitter X machine. <laughs> Dtom underscore 1775. And the website is com. All right. Uh, on with the show. Okay. So I've been thinking about some things. and And you know what? Actually, before I get into this show. I, I have an issue, okay? And I have a bone to pick with Walmart and or other companies that use self-checkouts. Okay, now this kind of has something to do with the topic, but not really. This is something that happened to me this morning. Okay, so my local Walmart, five minutes down the road, I go to, I only go in there on Sunday morning because I go there 6 o'clock in the morning when they open, and then I get whatever I need to get, and I go to the gym. I like going in there at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's about 6.20. And the reason I like going at that point is because there's really no one in there, and I can just get what I need to get and get the hell out of there, right? So I have it on authority that this particular store, and I'm not going to say exactly where it is. I know the store number. I know all these things. I'm not going to say those things because it's not important. And I'm going to post this on my Twitter. And if Walmart wants to reach out to me directly, they can. Uh, but I'm not going to publicize the store or the location or anything like that. I'm just getting something off my chest about Walmart. So this particular store had a very, very, very horrible inventory. Okay, um, and if you guys do or have ever worked in retail, there's a thing called shrink. Now, shrink is essentially loss of inventory. However, it was lost, whether it was stolen, uh, vendors shorted you, um, uh, you know, associates stole it, whatever. It, it's disappeared. The, the inventory has disappeared. Now, nine times out of ten, these companies, and I'm not just saying Walmart, but companies 
generally like grocery store type places, whether it's a grocery store, a, a big box store, convenience stores, those type of things. A lot of times they'll blame two people. They'll blame either your vendors or, you know, shoplifters, essentially. And um, the funny thing is, is a lot of the times that's not even the case. A lot of times it's actually the people that work there. But nonetheless, here's my problem. Uh, I go to this Walmart every Saturday, or I'm sorry, every Sunday. And to the point where one of the ladies is there every Sunday. She knows me, and it's like, she doesn't know me personally, but she knows me from coming in the store every Sunday. So I know for a fact that this store had a horrible inventory, horrible. And for those of you that don't know what shrink is and how that works out, essentially the way it works is this. The store inventories, okay, let's say they count $15 million worth of, or I'm sorry, let's say the, the store itself claims to have $15 million worth of inventory on their shelf. So if uh, when, it, when it's inventory time and the inventory team comes in and they count it and they realize that you're missing 3% of that inventory, that's called a shrink. You've, you're missing roughly a half a million dollars worth of product. Now, for most of you guys are thinking, okay, Walmart's a trillion dollar company, but you know, whatever, you know, a 500 grand ain't going to kill them. Okay, probably not. But the problem I have is this. What happens is at store level is when you have a number like that, your higher-ups look at the store manager and there's a chance that that person could possibly get fired or if it happens again, they definitely will get fired type scenario. So generally what happens then the store manager, that person will start cracking down. They'll start making sure that uh, you know things that Walmart doesn't typically, typically do get done. So most of you guys know you go into your Walmart and most of these places have self-checkouts. Now, this particular store has an abundance of self-checkouts. And when you go in at 6-something in the morning, that's all that's there is self-checkouts. There's no cashiers. And I don't care. I don't buy buggies worth of shit. You know, I'll get a couple things of water. I'll get some protein bars and protein shakes. You know, like I had to get dog food today and pee pads and uh, you know, shit like that, you know, just typical stuff, nothing special. So, you know, I get my stuff, I get up to the register, I ring it up. Two different girls watching me do this. One is the one that is there every Sunday. So I ring up my stuff. So did you, did you get everything? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I guess I did. Now I, I started thinking about after I left, I was like, did I get everything? Did you, were you asking me if I got everything I needed while I was in the store or was it, did I get everything that I had in my buggy? Did I scan everything that I had in my buggy? Now, here's my problem with this. Number one is, I don't give a fuck if you think I'm a crook because I'm not. And I just bought, uh, I don't know, 10 things, 11 things, and it was almost 100 bucks. Check my fucking receipt, you know, if you have to, if you want to be like that. And the thing that kills me is this, back in the day, when Walmart had cashiers, you would go through the register, you'd buy whatever you bought, and then you'd go, and then their damn door greeter at, at the front would uh, check your receipt, right? Now they don't have either the cashier nor the person checking receipts, but everyone's going to eyeball you like you're a fucking criminal. Here's what you need to do, Walmart. Okay, you, this particular store, you just lost $500,000, okay? Now let's think about this. I don't know how much it costs to operate these self-checkouts. I have no clue. But you lost $500,000, and there's a good chance that a lot of that came from those self-checkouts because there are two types of people in this world, in this country. There are people that absolutely hate using self-checkouts. Me, I don't really mind. It is what it is. But there are people that will go to a self-checkout and say, you know, fuck this shit. If I got to ring myself up, I'm going to go ahead and take a discount. I'm not paying for whatever. And is that right? Is it wrong? It's wrong. You're stealing, period. Okay? If you have an issue with using self-checkouts, don't go to the fucking store. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Order the shit online, have it delivered to your house. Then there's the second part of people that just can't afford shit, but they want shit. Uh, not any much different than the other group. They are still criminals. They are still stealing. But in the grand scheme of things, with everything being so high and expensive... 
they go to the store and they're like, I really want that case of beer. I really want that case of soda. I really want those chips. I really want that steak. I really want something other than what my hundred dollars will buy me. Okay. And I'm really not trying to be long winded with this, but I've got to get this off my chest. So just stick with me. So if those items you don't ring up, then that's where your vendor questioning comes into place. Well, it's like, well, the, you know, beer section was short, you know, hundred thousand dollars beer guy, you know, well, it's probably because a lot of that shit walked out the front door in all honesty. Now, is it right? No. Here's your problem. You lost $500,000. So let's just say you hire cashier in that store. And, I, and I'm sure this is way high, but let's say it's $15 an hour. I'm sure that's way more than it really is. But let's just, for easy math and shits and giggles, let's call it $15 an hour. Let's assume that you pay that cashier, 40, you get that cashier 40 hours a week, which we know isn't the case. But So that's $600 a week pay. That's $30,000 a year. So in your $500,000 that you lost, you could actually pay, you could actually have hired, what, 15, 18 cashiers, give or take. And that's assuming you're paying them 15 and giving them 40 hours, which we know doesn't happen. It's probably more like $12 and 30 hours. So that's even more cashiers you could hire. Not to mention the fact of the cost of running these self-checkouts would, co would come out of that too. So in essence, you're throwing money away using machines that are causing people to steal or allowing people to steal. In the meantime, you could just hire some cashiers. And get rid of those things. But no, you wanted to make it easy and cheap. And instead, you could have one person running, you know, like, you know, six or whatever self-checkouts versus having six cashiers. And, you know, in the long run, it's really fucking you. And that's ha-ha. Now, what you should do is do what Dollar General is doing. Donald, Donald, Dollar <laughs> General uh, CEO, they came out about a month ago. I read an article where they're eliminating their self-checkouts. And there's a lot of places nowadays that have them. Like, of course, your Walmart and your Targets, you see them. And then your grocery stores, you know, down here we have Publix, they have them. And then I've seen them in convenience stores. I've seen them in drug stores. I've seen them, you know, like Dollar General. So um, Dollar General say has identified that these registers are the reason that they're shrinking out in these stores you know certain stores anyway so they have committed to taking these out of their store and actually committing the peril to hire people but at walmart what they'd rather do is treat everybody like a criminal now i'm not saying that i do or i don't look like a criminal i mean whatever i'm you know there, there's no skin tone or demeanor that would make you think that I was or I wasn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm white, black, brown, doesn't matter. Everyone steals. So maybe instead of assuming I'm stealing or if I rang everything up, ring it up for me or leave me the fuck alone. Okay, those are your choices. If you think I've stolen something, please, I encourage you to stop me at the front door and bother me about it because then, you know, then I'll actually have a lawsuit against you. All right. So, speaking of Nazis, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, guys. I just had to get that off my chest. Anyway, so these are the things that they, the people on the left, whoever they are, different news outlets and whatnot. Now, this is Joe Scarborough and... Mika Brzezinski or whatever her name is. Uh, this is them having a conversation about Hitler. Doesn't relate to anybody whatsoever. It's just it's going through reams and reams and volumes. I love World War Two and mm -hmm. you know big Churchill fan. Love what Rosa. So I was reading this. This is it's from um, uh, the United States Office of Strategic Services. In describing Hitler's psychological profile, and this only pertains to Adolf Hitler and pertains to nobody else. I can't, okay. I just can't state that enough. He's being a smart ass here, guys, by the way. Adolf Hitler's psychological profile. And for those of you in the midst of reading World War II uh, government. I'm going to stop this real quick. Now, I want you to really pay attention to what he says 
and how <clears throat> they're going to equate this. This was back from uh, a while back. I think this was 2018. Um, and, and it's interesting that if you actually listen to what he says here, now he's trying to re- equate this to Trump, but really listen to what he says. The reports, you'll find it fascinating. His primary rules were never allow the public to cool off, never admit a fault or wrong. Never concede that there may be some good in your enemy. Never leave room for alternatives. Never accept blame. Concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong. People will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. And if you repeat it frequently enough, people will sooner or later believe it. That is, of course, the U.S. government during World War II, Mika, talking about Adolf Hitler. That's all we're talking about here, Adolf Hitler. Just a little light nighttime reading for me, and tonight I'm going to move on and I'm going to read Game 6, which is the story. Right. So he's being trying to be funny because he's saying that this was the our United States Office of Strategic Services. This was their uh, psychological profile of Hitler back in the day. So he's, without saying that this sounds like Trump, that's what he's saying, okay? Oh, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just talking about Hitler. So he's hoping that the morons that watch MSNBC will sit there and say, well, goddamn, that sounds just like Trump. But think about that. Let me reread what he said. Never allow the public to cool off. What's happening right now in this country? We are constantly pissed off about something that that jackass, Biden, is or has been doing. From his son to, Af- or if you go back to Afghanistan, to uh, the border situation, right? And then each one of those things, okay, never admit fault or wrong. It's not my fault. I didn't have anything to do with Hunter. That was, I, I don't deal with Hunter's business. I don't, I don't get into the family, into family's business. I'm Joe Biden. I don't mess with that. Or, um, you know, the Afghanistan thing, that was, that we were just following Trump's, you know, stuff there. That was his people. They had that all drawn up. Or, the border, well, the last administration, the last administration, what, motherfucker? The last administration tried to build a wall, actually had numbers way down low until you came in and put it in at it 7.2 or, or 3 or 4, whatever that number's at now, uh, million into the country, but blaming other people. Um, never concede that there may be some good in your enemy. So if, Trump, if uh, Biden's enemy is Trump... You don't want to admit that Trump's good, that Trump's maybe Trump's idea about the wall, about the border policy was a good thing. So you can't admit that. You can't accept blame. You have to blame Trump or the previous administration or whoever you want to blame. And that people will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. Repeat it frequently enough so people will believe it. It's Trump's fault. 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 But the, these guys want to equate that profile to uh, Donald Trump. Now, obviously, this was back in 2018 while Trump was president. So how things come around to bite people in the ass is amazing because here, everything you're explaining is everything that's happening right now. So I guess in essence, even if you want to say that back in 2018, Trump was doing this, that, and the other thing. Okay. Then I bet you could probably look back and say that Obama did the same thing, and Bush did the same thing, and Clinton did the same thing, and Bush did the same thing. and You know what I'm saying? Because every president that I can ever remember can ever just stand up there, Republican or Democrat, and just say, listen, I don't give a fuck about the guy that was here last. This is what we're going to do, it, and this is how we're going to fix it, and fuck you guys if you don't like it. You know what I'm saying? You're, there's going to be people that don't like it. There's going to be that's going to happen, but we see it every time. No matter who the president is, no matter what party that person is, they constantly push the blame on the people that before them. Well, the last guy, blah blah blah. 
All of them do it. I'm not saying that Trump hasn't done it. Trump did it. And I'm sure that's why they said what they said. But flash forward six years to the last time this was uh, aired. Well, it's five and a half years, but pointless. Same shit's going on. And that's what I think is funny about these clips, these things that people play when they do them is because, you know, nowadays everything's somewhere. It's real easy to find. Now, and here's another montage that CNN and MSNBC teamed up to release. This was an actual commercial that they released. He goes to race. And what better way than to give this neo-Nazi propaganda? Do you think there's a chance the United States of 2017 ends up like Nazi Germany? Standing at the border like Nazis going, you here, you here. The media who questions him, they are the real enemy of the people. And that phrase is from Stalin and Hitler. There's a very slippery slope when you start dehumanizing people this way it's what the nazis did the same okay i'm gonna stop so once again this was something from back in 2018 let me let me back it up here where was it uh so standing at the, the border, border like nazis right. going you here you here so the media who questions him they are the real enemy of the the media that questions him they the are people. The real enemy of the people, right? And that's a phrase from Stalin and Hitler, right? That's what uh, Chris Cuomo said on CNN. Now, this is about Trump, but doesn't Biden do the same thing when he talks about, like, Peter Ducey and Korean Diversity Hire? What do they say? When the media, whoever that person is, whether it's, you know, uh, Ducey from Fox or whoever that opposes what the Biden administration is doing, they do the same thing. is from Stalin and Hitler. There's a very slippery slope when you start dehumanizing people this way. It's what the... When you start dehumanizing people, kind of like calling people MAGA Republicans and using that in a condescending tone like MAGA is a bad thing. Like, make America great is horrible. Nazis did. The same type of propaganda that you would have seen in Germany in 1938. If you want a slight check on this man and his unrelenting race to the finish here to make sure he can continue destroying this country. And she's talking about Biden there. Honestly, that's kind of funny. You might want to vote all D. I bet she wants all D. But that's the thing. Everything they just said, you can equate to Biden, right? I mean, think about it, guys. This is the game that the media plays with us, no matter who the president is that's in there. I guarantee you, I'm not saying that Fox and Newsmax have teamed up to do something like this with Biden, but it's the same basic idea. They constantly have to do this to us. Why? Because as long as we're fighting with each other, we're not paying attention to what they're doing. Now, just a quick glance over how the Nazis took over Germany. So they banned guns. They got rid of God. They banned church services, burned Bibles and books in the streets, tore down statues, burned flags, got rid of any and all history they did not agree with, got rid of public police so only the rich could afford it, put their country in a state of fear, created domestic terrorist organizations they got rid of any and anything and anyone that disgraced or I'm sorry disagreed with the quote unquote brown shirts so they banned guns that's what Biden would like to do uh, they basically have gotten rid of God they tried to ban church services during COVID um, you know burn books and Bibles I haven't seen that so Yet, I guess, tore down statues. We saw that during the uh, George Floyd, whatever. Sorry, <laughs> Summer of Love or whatever the hell they called it. 
uh, got they're trying to get rid of any and all history that they don't agree with. They uh, they're in the they're you know defend defunding the police right trying to get that done. Um, they constantly want to put the country in a state of fear via pandemics, uh, you know school shootings, uh, public shootings, whatever. Uh, created domestic terrorist organizations. Well, there you go, Antifa, BLM, right? Of course, they would le- read this list if Trump was president, and it would be uh, MAGA Republicans. It would be uh, white nationalists. It would be those types of things. Christians, you know, those those types of things. But um, so. You know, let's flash back to about four years ago. Get in the Wayback Machine. You know, what was that on Wayne's World? Anyway. (laughs) So we're just about every state governor, including my governor here in the state of Florida, DeSantis, and the president at the time, Donald Trump. They shut everything down because we were led to believe that if we didn't do this, that we were all going to die. Now, there were a faction of us, like me and Chris, that believed in our hearts and our minds that something something didn't quite smell right. And although most of us weren't biologists or doctors, we had common sense. And everything about the COVID crap seemed like nothing more than a flu. Now, fortunately... I live in a state where our governor and his medical team did their own research and thought the same. Um, And there were a few states even that never even went through any of the bullshit to begin with. Now, for those of us that fell into the belief that we were called, you know, that we believed that COVID was essentially just a cold, we were called conspiracy theorists. Doctors were kicked off of social media for telling the American people the same thing. And why was that? Well, as we have learned over time, it was all bullshit. And now we have justification. And I'm going to tell you about that just in a second here. But real quick, think about it. You had doctors on YouTube get kicked off. You had doctors lose their medical license. You have doctors get fired from their practices. You had people like me that look crazy people that did co- um, podcasts that have a much bigger name than me called crazy. And it's no more than any other disease out there that you as an American citizen have the choice to medicate or not medicate. Okay. No matter what that disease is, whether it's a cold or cancer, You don't have to do anything, okay? You can get cancer and you can get scared by that word because it is scary. And I'm not telling you that there's alternative medicines because it's not my place to do so. But I would tell you this. Do some research, okay? And for those of you that have been listening to the show for a long time... Uh, ever since we started doing this show, I had to miss shows. We've had to postpone shows because I've had, you know, I was doing infusions. I was doing this. I've been on chemo. I, and, I, and this isn't new for me. I'm not crying on your shoulder because I'm going through this. I've been going through this for 15 years. Okay. And that's a very, very long time to be fighting something. Now, considering when this started... I was at stage three, metastasized melanoma, or I should say metastatic melanoma. And uh, I've done so many trials and medications and interferons and uh, this drug and that drug and trial drugs and drugs that made me sick and drugs that I couldn't, I couldn't walk, drugs I was in a wheelchair, drugs that... I had to go to the hospital and almost die because I was doing another trial. Uh, I did a thing. If, you, if you're listening to this and ever had to go through these things, uh, it's called till treatment. Uh, and literally uh, almost died. I was in the hospital for two weeks doing this treatment. 
and the cancer would go away and it would come back and then we'd try something else and I'd have to have a surgery. I have my neck cut open. I've had my shoulders done God knows how many times. The fact that I can actually bench 325 pounds is amazing in itself considering my left shoulder is half there. Okay. The, and I'm not saying this stuff to cry to you. I'm saying this because I finally got to a point about a year ago where I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with the pharmaceuticals. And I started down another road. Since then, knock on wood, I've had three scans and they can't find anything. Now, mind you, the doctors think I'm still taking medicine. Now, is that unethical? I don't know. Whatever. It's my, it's my life, right? <laughs> it's my choice. Uh, the reason I haven't told the doctors is because of this. I honestly believe in my heart, and I could be 100% wrong, but I honestly believe this, and it's my belief, and that's all that matters. That if I did tell them, and the reason I'm going to say this is this. If I did tell them, I feel like they would find something. Oh, well, Mr. Cordemus, you can't do that because blah, 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 you know. Well, the reason I say that is this. I have two friends, or I shouldn't say I personally have friends because I don't have any friends now. My, my wife has a friend who has lung cancer. Saw I was doing this stuff, saw that I was doing well. She asked her doctor about it. The doctor says, oh, no, you can't do that. It'll interfere with your medicine. Okay. It'll interfere with their profits. It'll interfere with their medicine by showing positive results, in my opinion. Uh, my, you know, Chris, the guy that used to be on the show, his wife's father has, uh, I believe it's colon cancer. Same difference. You know, tried to do, you know, hey, you should do this stuff. And when it comes to some of these people, and you're new to cancer, okay, you're new to cancer. You don't want to believe what some crackpot dude that's got a full-time job and a part-time podcast. What the fuck do you know? Well, let's see. What do I know? Because we weren't really wrong about COVID. Now, I'm not saying that I've created the cure for cancer. But in my mind, I kind of have. Whether I have or I haven't, it doesn't matter. Because it's working for me. Now, when you tell people this, I'm taking these items. And I'm not going to tell you what I'm taking because I don't want to get in trouble for I don't want to get sued because well Don told me to take this and then I end up dying so do your own research that's all I can tell you but nonetheless go to they go to the doctor hey you know I have a you know my daughter's friend says that you know they're taking this and and it's really helped them out oh no 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 you can't take that it'll interfere with medicine and I started asking that question and I used to make the comment will it interfere with the medicine or will it interfere with their profits and I think it's not even either. I think it's going to mess with the medicine. It's going to actually prove that there is other things out there that can help you that don't cost thousands of dollars. And I tell you thousands of dollars because the medicine that I'm supposed to be taking, if God forbid I did not have insurance, would cost me $20,000 a month. $20,000 a month. With insurance, it's still is I honestly I, I don't recall how much it is because because well, you're not taking it I, and I get you no because it was still so expensive that I qualified for uh, some kind of whatever that it was going to be free so fortunately I work for a decent enough company that that was going to be the case but that's neither here nor there my point is about COVID is these they all these diseases are pushed by pharmacies, by not pharmacies, but pharmaceuticals. And it's to keep you sick. They they strive on keeping us sick in, in combination with the food companies, in combination with the government, to keep us sick, fat, lazy, unmotivated, unprotected, and fearful of everything. And what what is more Nazi than that? But here's your justification. The CDC now advises people to treat COVID the same as for the flu and other respiratory illnesses. Well, holy fucking shit. Are you kidding me? I believe. Now, we weren't doing the show then, but I know when we were doing the show and we talked about COVID as much as we did because it was rampant. We said the same fucking thing. 
as well as a lot of other people that did, that I got COVID, or COVID, I guess I should say. Um, and in all honesty, probably wouldn't even known that I had COVID if I didn't smell the bacon my wife was cooking. Because I never really got sick. So obviously COVID is slightly different from the flu. And and I equate that to the the taste and smell aspect of it. Now my wife got COVID, obviously, and she was sick like she had the flu, but also could not smell or taste. Now I've had the flu before. And people think every time they get sick, I got the flu. That's not true. You probably get the flu rarer, if that's a word, <laughs> than you actually think you get it. You don't really get it. Like, you get sick, you might get a fever and whatever, but it's not the flu. Those are two different things. <laughs> and uh, and even then, when I had the flu, I didn't know I had it because I had an issue with my leg. I got a fucked up leg. And... Uh, Oddly enough, I know I'm going on and on, and this isn't really about Nazis, but just hear me out. <laughs> I was in New York, bumped my leg on the bed, and my leg was already fucked up, and then I'm getting a staph infection, yada, yada, yada. They put me on antibiotics. Come to find out, I had the flu. Didn't know. I wasn't sick. I'm like, oh, I feel like shit. Oh, God. You know, didn't know. They just did a flu test on me. Oh, look at that. You got the flu. Really? You got the flu. Anyway. But now we have justification from the great and all-knowing CDC that COVID is basically the same thing as the flu. If, if my soundboard was working and I didn't think it would fuck up my computer, which I finally have working, I would play news of the obvious. <laughs> so, interesting, right? But back to how, and, and that's another thing. Like, COVID was a thing how the Nazis, I mean, Nazis didn't use that, but how the Nazis uh, put the country in the state of fear. Well, they did the same thing here with COVID. Well, Don, Trump was president when that happened. Okay, I'm not saying that Trump was perfectly innocent. I'm also not saying that Trump might have not have been aware of what was actually going on with that situation. That, in my opinion, was something that was more of a backdoor, deep state type thing that they snuck in on him and kind of caught him with his, with his pants down, so to speak, because what are you going to do? They They, through the media... They enabled, they were able to scare the shit out of everybody enough that if the president and most of your governors didn't react the way they did and the people that died still would have died, then it would have looked really bad, right? But another thing, right, that the that, that Hitler did was, uh, let's see, so burn Bibles and books. Um, I think that kind of equates to what, what happened here the other day. So there is a gentleman who has a job. What the fuck is his name? I see his last name, Baker. Um, he works with, uh, Glenn, Ble Glenn, Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck. Okay. So the other day, so back on January 6th in 21, he was covering the J6, or I don't even think he was covering J6 per se. He was covering the Trump speech and ended up covering what was going on in the Capitol. Now, he, during the since then, has been talking a lot of shit about the government and whatnot, and as far as the treatment of the people that have been arrested or and or indicted for the J6 situation. So, he, too, has been arrested. Now, this is a news person who has been arrested for a misdemeanor, mind you. And I'll read this story. So he was accompanied by, by a camera crew from the blaze when he surrendered on Friday morning. Because, well, I'll, I'll just read this. And he broadcasted live from outside the courthouse after he was released. I actually have that. I'll play that here in a minute. Baker quickly received support from Republican president candidate uh, or former President Vivek Ramaswamy and Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene. In a phone interview after his arrest, Baker called the process humiliating but said the law enforcement officers he dealt with were friendly and cordial. Baker said he had no regrets about the language he used on J6 
and that some of his comments, like those during the discussions with his friends over drinks on the night of the riot, were taken out of context. Uh, with the couldn't happen to a nicer B comment, when the FBI asked me why I, why I said what I said, because it wasn't McConnell's office, I said, blah, 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 who cares? I, I don't want to read his quotes. I, I hate reading quotes. So let me, let me play his, uh, what he had to say outside the courthouse. Probably don't have a lot to say right now. I, I need to process for a little while. I um, I'm actually still shaking a little bit. I I don't like what I just went through. I don't like the deliberate humiliation that they put me through. There was no reason to do that. There was no reason to march me uh, into a courtroom in leg chains today. Um, or Mr. There was somebody there answering for a felony, and they weren't in chains. My charges are misdemeanors. It's just, uh, it's it's mind-boggling. But that is, uh, unfortunately, the type of selective persecution that January 6th defendants are facing. And ultimately, what we are looking at here, and probably the only reason that many of the January 6th defendants have had to go through what they've had to go through is because of what I've talked about so many times and what I've written about so many times. It's called scary words. It doesn't matter if it's Stuart Rhodes. It doesn't matter if it's the grandmother who chanted USA, USA in the Capitol. It's the scary words that were said. If you don't say the right thing at the right time uh, uh, and, and comport to the right narrative, that's what they're going to do is they're going to come after us, and, and that's exactly what's happened. It's not, it, this, these charges have nothing to do with my behavior at the Capitol. These charges are reflective of what I said before and after. My speech, what I thought about things, what I joked about, that's what this was reflective of. So, essentially, they arrested and charged with misdemeanors a news person, member of the press, uh, you know, he's obviously more credentialed than someone like I am, put in leg chains, arrested, Stood court in leg chains. Like he said, there was a person there with felony, no leg chains. In the meantime, every single fucking person who crosses that southern border is committing a felony. Where are their leg chains? Hmm. So, let me get this straight. We have a Department of Justice, okay, that the president is over, that has arrested your political opponents four times, tried him, being tried. Uh, you you can't you can't uh, get him criminally for fraud in New York because the time has passed. It, not like that happened a month ago. You're talking about an event that happened years ago. But you can still get him civilly, which you do conveniently enough, where the judge doesn't even think. And even the number that they were going after, he increased. Why? Why do you think they did that? Well, it's obviously to break him financially. You can't necessarily get him for what happened with the with the stuff, you know, the reports or whatever he took out of the White House when he left, because he does have that privilege. But you do it anyway. And then anyone who speaks out against your current president or this administration or they speak opposite of what happened on J6, you come knocking at their door. But in the meantime, we have people breaking the law. You have Letitia James in New York who couldn't prosecute Trump for fraud, so it was a criminal or it was a civil case. And in the meantime, that state is running rampant with crime because of the illegals that are there. And instead, she's going after a president for a crime that never committed because even the, the, the most novice lawyer is going to tell you that no victim, no crime. No body, no crime. If there's no victim, there's no crime. So in order for something to have been fraud, there had to be a victim. Not necessarily a Trump frauded Mrs. Johnson, but they're saying he frauded the banks. Okay, well, the banks didn't file a complaint, therefore no victim. No victim, no crime. In the meantime, you have plenty of crime in that state, 
especially in New York City. But we're not even going to focus on that. We're going to focus on cow farts and starting to find farmers in New York for excessive uh, carbon violations for having fucking cows. Who are the Nazis here, guys? Please, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Who Who's the fucking Nazis? And here's another example of government control. And the reason I want to use these articles is to show how the government-controlled media tries to distort the truth. Now, this was a few years ago. Um, they... <laughs> Okay, I'll read this story. So November 21, a former U.S. rep from Georgia, Bob Barr, wrote a little noted, uh, noticed political column claiming that buried inside of Joe Biden's $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure legislation was a dangerous provision that would go into effect in five years. Marketed to Congress as a benign tool to help provide uh, prevent drunk driving, the measures will mandate the automobile manufacturers build into every car what amounts to be a kill switch. Um, Barr, who was the Libertarian Party's nominee for president in 08, like most Americans, I've never heard of this alleged kill switch until a few days ago when the representative Massey, a libertarian-leaning Republican, proposed to strip the mandate's funding. The right to travel is fundamental, but the government has mandated a kill switch in new vehicles sold after 2026. The kill switch will monitor driver performance and disable cars based on the information gathered. 19 Republicans joined all but one Democrat in opposing Massey's amendment, which failed. So, true or false, the claim that the feds would mandate that every new vehicle, including a vehicle, include technology that would disable the vehicle seemed ludicrous. So, we started looking it up. Um, we found that Several fact-checkers at Legacy Media uh, had determined that the quote-unquote kill switch mandate was not true. So USA Today said, our rating is false, the Associated Press said. Assessment false. PolitiFact says, uh, we rate it mostly false. Snopes, a reliably left-leaning fact-checking group, was a little more or less conclusive, saying the claim had a mixture of true and false. Um, so we look at the bill ourselves. So section 24220 of the law explicitly states to ensure the prevention of alcohol-impaired driving fatalities, advanced drunk and impaired driving prevention technologies must be standard equipment in all new passenger motor vehicles. The legislation then goes on to define the technology as a computer system that can quote-unquote passively monitor the performance of a driver in a motor vehicle and can prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if an impair if impairment is detected how the system will make this determination is unclear as the government's potential role in apprehending suspect suspected drunk drivers um, but the law's language could not be more clear new vehicles must have a computer system to monitor drivers and the system must be able to prevent vehicle operation if it detects impairment so no mention in the bill of the quote-unquote kill switch how fact checkers fact checkers i should say determine the kill switch narrative to be false is odd especially since the articles don't deny bar's claim the legislation mandates a computer system that will monitor driving performance and be able to disable motor vehicles the Associated Press conceded the law would prevent or limit mocal, mocal, motor vehicle operation if the system suspected the driver is impaired or even disable the vehicle from being operated. So, to arrive at their conclusion that this car-killing mechanism is just a fantasy, fact-checkers resorted to a sleight of hand. A common tactic was to debunk social media posts that were actually false or unfounded, like the popular claim that the system would be acquired to alert law enforcement if the drivers deemed impaired. None of the technologies currently in development would notify law enforcement. So here's the thing. I'm not going to keep reading this because you guys get the idea. Here's the thing. Whether it's for drunk driving 
uh, funky driving, whatever kind of driving, impaired driving, you cross the line driving. The fact of the matter is this. It's a computer. We all know computers can be hacked. We all know, and I'm not talking about electric cars. We're not talking about Teslas. We're talking about your Mustang or your Jeep or your Bronco or whatever the fuck you drive. It has a computer in it. If they are to install these types of systems into a car that can monitor that maybe you're drunk driving and it shuts the car down, who's to say that they can't go into that computer and say, hmm, we don't like the way Don Q talked about us on his podcast, so we're going to disable his car so he can't do a damn thing. And he's going to get fired from his job. And he's not going to be able to be a full-time dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. He's going to be a dude that's unemployed with no home. Think about it, guys. If if they want to they want to sugarcoat things to make it sound like it's a great well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. You could stop drunk driving because you know if you know Bob Johnson is leaving the bar, and uh, which I would assume the the car would know that the car would say, okay, we're at the bar, GPS, whatever, or we're at the restaurant, and maybe he's gonna have a couple of whiskeys or a couple of beers or whatever. And the system monitors. Okay, the system now actively is on. Okay, we're leaving the bar. We're leaving the restaurant. We're leaving uh, his buddy's house, and it's a Sunday afternoon after watching football. So we know there's a possibility maybe he's drinking, so we're going to switch on so we can monitor his driving. And, oh, by the way, he's swerving, so we're going to cut the the car off. I don't know that's how it works. I'm just giving you an idea. But if that system is in place and... You've drove too much this week. You don't need to drive today. Kill switch. If they can do it for drunk driving, what makes you think they can't do it for anything else? Think about it, guys. So I'm going to close real quick here with two stories that should... Well, one story is kind of weird, but this story right here is a, is a good... It's a feel-good thing. And of course, of course, it comes from... The University of Florida, you know, the Gators, right? I can't really see in my room, but this room is the DTOM Studios, a.k.a. the Gator Room. If you flash back to earlier shows of us, uh, Chris is a Tennessee volunteer, and uh, I am a Florida Gator, and you can tell by being in this room that I am. Anyway, um, the uh, University of Florida eliminates... Diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. What? Well, how will they know? <laughs> you have fired 13 full-time diversity, inclusion, and uh, equity, and inclusion positions and ended 15 administration appointments to faculty Friday. It also eliminated the office of chief, chief diversity officer and ended DEI contracts with outside vendors, according to the Friday memo. So, I'm not going to read on. Because that's all you need to know. DEI is DIE. It's dying, folks. It's going away. Uh, and this is a college, the University of Florida, big school. It's it's coming. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. All right. Now, now in the oddball news of the day. This is this is how my mind operates, guys. This is the mind of Don. Okay, so I was watching TV the other day, and a commercial came on. It was a commercial with Drew Barrymore, Barrymore, and she was pimping a phone game called Bingo Blitz, I think was the name of it. Now, I don't really give a shit about the game and the commercial for the app. That's not the point. Bingo Blitz, whatever, you want to play phone games, I play solitaire. I get it. (laughs) But the one thing that I did notice was that in the commercial, she wins on the game. I hit, you know, she yells bingo or whatever the fuck she says. And then she kisses another woman, woman sitting on the couch on the cheek. Okay. So I don't recognize the other other lady. It was a a black lady. It doesn't matter. Um, I didn't recognize her as being anyone famous of any consequence. I mean, she's in a commercial, so she's obviously more famous than me, but that's not the point. So, I don't, I don't think about that. I'm like, well, that was kind of weird because, you know, she kisses this chick on the cheek. Okay, whatever. Um, now, she stands up, 
And she puts down her rainbow coffee cup. And then she picks up a pineapple like it was an Oscar. And thanks the crowd. Oh, thank you for this award. Now, most of you might be saying, okay, what's your point, Don? Well, the rainbow, hmm, right? Rainbow cup. The pineapple, hmm. So, as we all know what the rainbow represents, right? But do you know what the pineapple represents? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? The pineapple symbol is one of a swinger lifestyle. Look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. Um, so I started to think, did Drew Barrymore just come out on a commercial? So I had to look it up because, you know, Drew Barrymore. The only movies I have ever can recall seeing her in was, out of, I mean, in all honesty, and I probably get clowned from this if Chris listens to this. Is Adam Sandler movies? He was in what Fifty First Dates and uh, what was the other one? Blended. <laughs> I know she's been in plenty of other movies. I know she was in Charlie Angels, never saw him, and now she. I think she has a talk show host or talk show or whatever. So I was like, did she just come out of the closet, or is she, is she gay? Yeah, it's just I didn't know this. Is she like bisexual? I didn't know this. I, I you know I don't keep up in the the daily. The daily life of of one Drew Barrymore, so obviously I had to look it up, and I found a bunch of different things. Some were older, some were newer. So this was the newest one I could find. This was in 2022. Drew Barrymore is not a person who needs sex. Drew, <laughs> Drew Barrymore has shared her perspective about love and sex post divorce. Daytime TV show host. Recently look, took to her blog to clear up some misconception that she is not a fan of sex. The other day I walked into a workout class and this woman said, You look just like Drew Barrymore, except for you look like you have a mental wellness and besides, she hates sex. <laughs> I did not know that this woman was talking about, or what she was talking about, she continued. Then a few days later I learned that somehow a comment that I had made on a show about how abstaining from sex for six months just didn't seem like that long to me because at my age, with my life expectancy, it just doesn't. Barrymore said the conversation happened because a famous actress she didn't name, but who was considered a quote-unquote heartthrob, had said, uh, said he abstained from sex for six months as part of a role he was playing on. At the end... I'm sorry, at the age of 48, Barrymore wrote, she now has a very different feelings about intimacy than she did growing up. The actress and businesswoman has been focusing, focusing on being a mother to her new daughters and with her ex-husband, Will Copelman, uh, said, adding that she has not been intimate relationships since their 2016 split. I am just in a completely different place in my life and maybe in the near future I will get into a relationship but it simply hasn't been a priority so I'm not a person who needs sex and has to go out there and engage with people on that level I am someone who is deeply committed to fostering how young girls my daughters and myself as a woman are supposed to function in this world so uh, she also put to bed the theory that she hates sex so for the record I do not hate sex i have finally come to a epiphany that love and sex are simply not the same thing i searched my whole life for which is to claim women are not the bombastic party girl so uh i'm guessing she's not but maybe she was but maybe she could be i don't know all i know is this it's very odd in most commercials, in most things, TV shows, movies, whatever. There's symbolism all around us. So when you see a female, whoever, Drew Barrymore in this situation, win a prize on a game on her phone and uh, turns to kiss the chick sitting on the couch next to her, not that they made out or whatever. She just gave her, oh, I won. Yeah, gives her a kiss on the cheek. Uh, puts down her rainbow coffee mug and picks up a pineapple. I have questions I have to ask. Now, 
if she were gay, if she were a swinger, do I care? No. Just thought I'd bring it up, guys. <laughs> that is <laughs> it's what I do here. Uh, you're welcome, by the way. So, <laughs> on that note, uh, we're going to close things out here today. Let's see, the music playing? Yeah, okay, there it is. You guys have a fantastic rest of your day, if it's Sunday or if it's Monday, whatever day you listen to this on. Guys, please make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker at Don't Tread on America. Don't forget about the uh, the Twitter X machine there, DTOM underscore 1775, and our website, com. Guys, make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you are following the show and that you share the show. And also, guys, don't forget about our sponsors over here, ReaperApparelCo.com, DTOM Store. Links are on the podcast app in which you're listening on. Also, guys, Rumble. My camera's over there. Rumble. Don't tread on America TV. You guys have a fantastic day, and I'll talk to you again soon. Peace.